0: Well, I, I truly, I, it's truly an honor for me um, to be with you here today and to bring you what I feel is a, a message for each one of you. And you think, well, how can you know what, I need, what each one of us need to hear? And well, I don't. But the Holy Spirit is here, and he knows what each one of us need. And he points each one of us to Jesus. And Jesus is everything we need. So this morning, I hope you're expecting something, because I am. I'm expecting to get something from today, and I'm expecting to, to deliver something to you today. And uh, I think Pastor Cam, it was maybe maybe a little bit over a month ago now that he asked me to, um, to preach this Sunday. And so, you know, ever since then, I'm like, well, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? I can talk about a lot of things. What do you want me to... What direction do we go? And it wasn't maybe a a week. And I and I don't know about you guys, but the Lord sometimes talks to me in mysterious ways. And this time he talked to me in a hashtag. Now, don't worry. If you don't know what a hashtag is, we'll go over this. But he talked to me in a hashtag. And he gave me... And this message was a hashtag message. And it's hashtag relationship goals. And now this was before... We even had picked a firm date for the, for the connect groups and before Pastor Gam laid a, laid a foundation for us last week. And so I'm, that stirs me up because that's saying to me the Holy Spirit's got something for us here, a treasure to uncover and to find and to use for our lives. So hashtag relationship goals. First of all, what in the world is a hashtag? Because I know what you're thinking. That's a pound sign. That is a pound sign relationship goals, but not anymore. The pound sign has been taken over and it is now called a hashtag. Cry your tears, but no, you can't call it a pound sign anymore. You just We have to move on. This is a hashtag. And a hashtag is used now. I'm definitely not the expert. So I might even explain this wrong to you, but that's fine. Um, so a hashtag is used now in social media. And it's used, I think it primarily started from Twitter. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. I don't really use Twitter. But lots of the world does. But I'm more familiar with hashtags from Instagram, and so Instagram. I'll just explain that a little bit. Instagram is a social media um, app that you can have, and you. It's basically you just post pictures. Anything doesn't matter what. Like just the more every day it is, the better. Like your food, your shoes, your dog, your kids you know, your bad hair day, anything and everything. Like it's just that is what people expect on Instagram. What you're doing, what you're selling, <laughs> just whatever. We are vacationing, and that's Instagram. So when you put your picture on there, you might be right a little thing, but the most important part is your hashtags. So your hashtags are little sayings or sometimes they've gone out of control and become long sayings that that are tied to that picture. So if you had like a a family picture of your, of your family, and you might put uh, family vacation, then you put hashtag family love or hashtag got to travel, hashtag... You know, all these different hashtags, and it really has gotten out of control. But the whole point of a hashtag, then, is that you can go and you can search that hashtag, and all the pictures that have that same hashtag, boom, are right there. So, it's you know, you can kind of organize your own personal photos that way. I think last... In the summertime, I've been putting the hashtag whatever. I think we oh, when we went to um, down to Texas last year, it was hashtag cook family road trip, twenty seventeen or something. So all my pictures from that trip, I put that hashtag on. So if I want to go look, I just look up that hashtag. Anyways, that was a long discussion about hashtags. But hashtags relationship goals on Instagram. This hashtag is attached to over seven point five million photos. Because people have an important thing in their lives and it's called relationships. And what's interesting about, about relationship goals is it actually kinda has its own definition. Kind of sounds simple, relationship goals, but this is the definition more or less tied to it when it's used on, on Instagram as a with a photo. It's an inspirational term for what you'd like your relationship with someone to be like or to accomplish. So I'll just give you some examples because I know this is like out there. So I'll give you the first example. This is one of mine, my personal ones. And I didn't even really think to use the hashtag relationship goals back then because the Lord hadn't spoke to me about hashtag relationship goals. But this is mine, man. You can put that first one up. So I put this on Instagram, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Ryan and I showed up to youth and we were wearing matching shoes. Hashtag relationship goals. Where you wear matching outfits, matching things. What was funny about this is that Window. We bought the same shoes without even knowing it, as uh, and got them as Christmas gifts. So, and look at that, Markusja, ninety-six liked it. M. Cook eighty-seven. Those are my friends, Marcus and Manny. Had fourteen likes on that photo. Woo! Anyways, hashtag relationship goals, matching shoes. All right, man, put the next one. If lost, return to Jan. And I am Jan. <laughs> Hashtag relationship goals. Growing old together, doing things together. Hashtag relationship goals, I am Jan. We wouldn't want her to lose that shirt. Okay, number three. Let's go to the next one here. I just want someone to look at me the way this kid looks at potatoes. Look at that face. Just, awe. Ah. And wonder, hashtag relationship goals. An inspirational term for, for what you would like your relationship with someone else to be like or to accomplish together. But what I, what I, what's, the problem with these pictures is, is that they're just a picture, and they just represent a, a brief snapshot in time that was captured. But we don't know the backstory, we don't know what they did to get there, we don't know if it's even real. I mean, that lady's name might not even be Jan. They just set that picture up. Who knows? But we do understand what that picture is speaking to us. It's saying that there's some kind of proof of love in this, in like a result of love in this picture that's represented here, that we want and we crave. And we want that as a relationship goal. And we should have that. But, but it has to be real. It has to be real. So there are some things that we all want, whether you're a man or a woman. I mean, even whether you're a kid, there's things that we want and that we need. And I believe and I know that Jesus has these things for us. And I think that as we talk about these things today, I believe the Lord just wants to open up to us a new level of relationship with him, deeper and stronger and purer than you or I have ever known before. So take where you are right now with the Lord and get ready to get to know him deeper. Lord Jesus, you are here with us today. We honor you, Lord. We honor you as our Lord and our Savior, as Master, as Creator as the one who gives life and breath to all things and everything has come from you, you are here with us and you are showing us friendship. You are showing us relationship. Jesus, use me today to speak your love and your truth. And Jesus, help us have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to hear and understand what you have for us today. We love you. We give you this time. We give you our attention. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. He's here, church. Oh, I'm going to list off some things that we all want, because let's just get on the same page, all right? You want to be with someone who accepts you for who you are, someone who you can grow and change with. Someone you enjoy the same interests with. Someone who supports and encourages you. Someone who looks for you in a crowd and misses you when you're gone. Someone you like, actually like to be alone with and to have the attention of. Someone to dream with and overcome with. Someone that will listen without criticism and speak with kindness. Someone who will spur you on and bring out the best in you. Someone you feel free with and someone you feel safe with. Someone who sees your best and your worst and loves you the same. Someone who watches out for you and speaks up for you. Someone who laughs with you and cries with you. Someone who would fight for you, and would even die for you. Now, when I started writing this list, you know my mind went to natural relationships, and that's okay because that natural relationships that we have between people are a model and an example of what God has with us. He's the Father and the Author of relationship, and so. It makes sense that we would think that way first. But this list of things, is it's impossible for one person in your life, or even a group of people in your life, to fulfill. And if we are looking to people to be this and to fulfill this in our lives, you are setting yourself up for disappointment, for hurt, for heartbreak. Because this list of things, yes, it will be modeled in your lives with other people, but it must be fulfilled, and it will only be fulfilled by your relationship with Jesus. It will only and can only be fulfilled with your relationship with Jesus. Now, some might think, well, that's, a f- like, that's so far off. Like, how-? Yes, I, you hear that all the time, relationship with Jesus, relationship with God. But I'm talking about something very real, real relationship with a real person. Jesus is a person. All God, all person. Both. And he is real and available to us to know in all these ways. And he is all this perfectly. And we crave these things. And we were meant to crave them. We were meant to crave relationship. These things that I listed, our, our, our proof of love, their action, proving love to us. God is the one who does relationship perfectly, even if we don't. So when I was preparing, I had the Lord, I was just writing. Sometimes when I start writing, I just feel the word, like, like the word of the Lord comes to me. And so he gave me a word for today, and, and I'm going to read it, and I want you to receive it like he's speaking it to your heart right now, your friend, Jesus. He's inviting you. Come, get to know me for yourself. Think about me. Speak to me, for I think and speak to you all the time. Slow down. Get quiet, and you will hear me. Don't be nervous and ashamed in my presence. All I have and all I feel for you is love. Unearned, unjustified, freely given, pure love. Fear not. Speak up because I am very near, as close as the words on your lips. Thank you, Lord, for your word to our hearts today. We receive them, Lord Jesus. We give them a high place in our hearts today. These are not just words, but they're your words. Thank you, Jesus. How's everybody doing? Good so far? Doing all right? Okay, good. Well, let's get into the word of God. We're gonna start in Romans 5. <coughs> If you've got your Bible, go to Romans 5. I like to use lots of translations, so... Man, you'll help us out with the the slides up there. I'm going to go to Romans 5. I'm going to start in the New Living, verses 10 and 11. For since our friendship with God... Friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, Jesus, while we were still enemies with God, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Don't you love that? There's such hope in that. There's such an extension of, I like you. I want to be friends with you. Like, have you ever had someone say that to you? Or I mean, maybe if, when you were a kid, like, we hear a lot about bullying. But there are people out there who, who in your life have come up to you and be like, I like you. Let's be friends. And it does something for you, that extending of friendship. Jesus made us friends with God. Let's look, I'm going to look at it from the Passion Translation. Look at this. If you don't have one of these, I highly recommend the Passion Translation. And I'll tell you why. Because for me, this puts... The whole point of the Passion Translation was to put the emotion back into the, back into the Word of God. And it's, so it's rich that way. And, and I think you've got to use all the translations because that, it helps paint the clear picture and bring out important things, but this one has really been blessing me, so I recommend it. The Passion Translation, 10 and 11. So if we were still enemy, while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we, will we be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation has a note down here that that, that last sentence, in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, is accepting God's Open door, and that was neat because, you know, back in over in John ten, he tells us that Jesus is the door, Jesus is the gate, and all enter to the to the to God through Jesus, and it's God that opened that door, and I that just blessed me. It's a new relationship of living in harmony with God. I want to look at this at the in the message now. Now we are set right with God by means of his sacrificial death. The consummate blood sacrifice. There is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. Not even a question. It was settled. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we're at our best, and we have, because we have received that, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. Now that we actually have received this amazing friendship with God, we are no longer content to simply say it in plotting prose. Do you know what plotting prose means? Plot is to, to trump and to trudge and to do it slowly and it's work and it's labor. And prose is is um, boring. <laughs> for, la- sorry, for lack of a better word, it's boring. There's no life in it. There's, it's not poetic. It's not anything. It's boring. That's not what our relationship with God is supposed to be like. If you had a relationship like that with someone you were dating, you'd probably think, mm, call me never. You know, like, you just, we wouldn't go on with it. So why would we want that with our relationship with God? Why would we expect that? Why would we think that that's okay? It's not. There's so much more that will deepen and enrich our lives if we we take this relationship with God and do something with it. We sing and shout our praises to God through Jesus, the Messiah. Shout and sing our praises to God. All right, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to stay in the message here. Verses 17 to 20. Now we look inside, inside ourselves, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start and is created new. New creation, right? Right? The old life is gone. The new life burgeons or shoots forth and flourishes. I had to look that word up. I did not know what burgeons means. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. Settled. And then called us all to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them, each other. We're speaking for Christ himself now, I'm speaking for Christ Himself now when I say, become friends with God, for He is already a friend to you. As far as God is concerned, you and Him are good. In fact, better than good. You and Him are BFF F, best friends forever. Notice two Fs best friends forever. Hashtag BFF. <laughs> This is good. If you're taking notes today, get ready. I'm going to give you something worth writing down. A relationship is not a one-time purchase. A relationship is not a one-time purchase. A relationship is an investment. And, and I'm talking about your relationship with God right now. Yes, this is true between, between us But it's the same with God. And I want you to see that. Relationship with God is real. And it's not a one-time purchase where you receive Jesus as your Savior and you're good, done. Yes, me and God are good. It doesn't end there. It deepens and it grows. But it's an investment. An investment where its size and its maturity will only grow to the amount that it's added to. That makes sense. You have to add to it for it to grow. Well, how do we add to a relationship with God the same as we would with a relationship with people? We add time. We add attention. And we add nourishment. Things that build it up. Things that create an atmosphere for it to grow. And If and the health of a relationship is what will have the impact on your life. You can think to natural natural relationships where maybe it's not a healthy relationship. Maybe you know it's one-sided, and you're always doing something for the other person, and they don't you know you don't get any kind of friendship back, and it, it's it's off balance. Well, it, it has an effect on your life. It's draining. But a healthy relationship that flows both ways. I mean, that's a blessing to you. That's a that has a positive impact on your life. This is the other neat thing that God gave me a picture of. But there are two servants to a relationship. Two things that serve a relationship. They don't make a, they don't make a relationship, but they serve it. And these two, those two things are emotion and devotion. Two servants of a relationship, emotion and devotion. I want to look at these two things for a little bit here. Emotion. Uh, sometimes it gets a bad rap because it just... Emotion kind of reminds you of this, right? Like up and down, up and down, up and down. But it, what it's interesting is that God created us with emotions. And I believe he gave us these emotions to serve us in life. And not, not the other way around. Not for us to serve our emotions and be led by them. But our emotions... Are to serve us. And so think about, I was thinking about what does emotion do? Well, emotion gets us, you know, passionate about something. It gets us excited. It's even, it's even an attracting force. You think about a relationship between a guy and a girl, and what pulls them together right away is emotion. The first thing that comes into play is, is the excitement and the passion for one another. Like, this, I like this person. They're like me. And you feel that passion coming. And it's that passion that actually will lead to devotion. But first, there needed to be that emotion. And emotion is what I think is what drives people to commit to marriage. Like, that's that's part of why God put it there. He put it to serve that covenant. To feel something so strongly about someone else that you decide to covenant together for the rest of your lives, emotion pushes you to do that. It's a, it should serve you. It's what moves us to action. So it's good. But, as we might know, that feelings and emotion without commitment, well, that leads to problems, too. It can't just be one. One. Now let's talk about devotion. Devotion, you you probably already guessed, but I'm just going to say it like, and you can act surprised. Devotion is commitment. Devotion is, thank you for the, (gasps) devotion is faithfulness. Devotion is endurance, the sustaining force. So it's like emotion is the, the kicker, the spur, but devotion is the is the endurance runner that keeps it going. See, like I can tell you're already saying, yeah, that's obvious, you need both. But just humor me, we're going to keep talking about it, because there's something to this that I feel as as believers that we have kind of slipped into, into, and the balance is a little off scale. I think we've slipped over into devotion heavy, committed heavy, and that and that it's not bad in itself, but being unbalanced with your emotion with the Lord is not healthy. So I'm talking about balance today. Devotion, emotion gets us going, devotion keeps us going. But if you have just commitment, and you are just you know, faithful, and you just are doing it, and you're doing it, and you're, if you're just committed, you know, that leads to problems too. So I want to look at this in, um, in the word. We're going to go to Mark 4. <clears throat> parable of the sower. You know, it's so interesting about the word. And even this parable in particular is that it's so rich in revelation. I mean, the, Jesus said that the kingdom, of, the kingdom of God is in this parable. And if you don't understand this parable... I mean, you don't understand the kingdom of God. But what's so neat about it is that there's so many um, shoots of the kingdom of God that, that we can draw from here. So today we're drawing about relationship. But you can draw about um, even just... You can, draw, take, you can draw salvation. You can draw prosperity. I mean, all these things. But we're going to focus on what does this say about relationships? What does the kingdom of God say about relationships in this passage? So we'll start at verse 3. Consider this. A farmer went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell onto gravel with no topsoil, and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. When the days grew hot and the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots, other seeds fell among the thorns so that when the seeds so when the seeds sprouted so did the thorns crowding out the young plants so they could produce no grain but some of the seeds fell onto good rich soil that produced that kept producing a harvest some yielded 30 some 60 and some even 100 times as much as was planted now we're going to go over to <clears throat> the following verses where Jesus explains this parable. He says, let me explain. The farmer sows the word as seed. The word, word here, is not rhema, like I, bring, like I talked about in the post promo, if you saw that. But it's the word logos. And it can also be translated message and blueprint. So, with the... Um, what the Passion Translation brings out here is that God the farmer sowed the message. He sowed the word. He sowed um, his expression of who Jesus was, is to us. He sowed the word. Um, let me just read you something here. Jesus is how God expressed himself to us. In John 1 here, it says, in, in John 1 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, that's the same word logos, the same, same message. And that message was Jesus. So God planted Jesus into, into our soil, into our heart soil. So I want you to just keep in mind that I'm talking about when we say the Word, I don't don't mean just, just like your Bible verses. I mean the, the word, the person, Jesus. I'm talking about relationship with Jesus, the person. And he, God expressed himself with that word, just like I'm using words to express my thoughts, my feelings. God used word to express himself, and his word was Jesus. Okay? That's a little bunny trail. So the farmer sows the word, the farmer sowed Jesus. And what fell on the beaten path represents those who hear the word, but imme- immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. That's like people that say, "Just no, just no, I cannot, cannot even go there with the Lord." Like I don't, you know, they don't believe it. They're just shut off to it, and their ground is is tread right down. And who is right there? Comes immediately. It's Satan. He's been walking all over them, beating down their and he, just beating down their life. And they're just not at a place to receive. But what's interesting about packed soil is that it can be worked up, right? So there is always, there's always hope. But I want to focus on the next two because they, they are models, um, examples of us, of emotion-heavy and then devotion-heavy relationships. So the seed sown on gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it with joy and receive it joyfully. But because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, they immediately wilt and fall away. That's emotion heavy. That's saying, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about my relationship with God. And I just love to feel the tingles. Oh, the tingles. Jesus, the tingles. And, and they just and they, and they thrive off of that and that only. So when they go home to themselves and they have someone or something, or even it can be just a thought come to them, they just get right back into the pity party, fall right back in because just nobody cares. Nobody cares about me. And it's so easy to do that if all you have is emotion. If you're just depending on that emotion to, to make you feel good That's emotion-heavy. It's not healthy. That will not last. It will wilt and be scorched, and it just doesn't work. So, but here's the other side of it. And the seed sown among the thorns represents those who hear the word. But they allow the cares of life and the seduction of wealth and the desire for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. So here's a life that's devotion-heavy. I'm committed. I am committed to my relationship with the Lord. Mm, My roots are deep. Yes, I believe all that. I receive all that. I'm practicing those things. And yet, there is something missing. And you, you, you begin to get, like, drained just by working and working and working and being committed and doing this and checking things off your list. Devotion, check. Praying, check. Check, 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 check. And then at the end of the day, you feel like, well, like you didn't even get anything out of it. And it's not supposed to be that way. Relationships aren't supposed to be a checklist. If I got up every morning and I made breakfast for Ryan, check. Uh, made his lunch, check. Okay, did the laundry, Check. Kissed him as he went out the door. Check, got that done. Check that off the list. Don't have to do that again. Like, our real relationships aren't like that. Our real relationships that mean anything to us are not checklists. They're real. They involve emotion. They, they involve emotion. And ha- emotion has to be tied for it to it for it to mean anything to us. Or else it's just a job. We just work here. We just clock in and clock out. God, did, God made us for more than that. He's not looking for, he's not looking for that. He, his heart longs for relationship just like our heart longs for relationship. And it's with you. He's not just satisfied with the whole rest of the world, but he needs you. He desires you in that place with him. He thinks that much of you that even if you are missing out of the crowd, he notices, and he's searching, and he's looking. This is, this is a real relationship with a real God, with a real person who loves you. And it moves me because it's become more real to me. I have let him become more real to me just so for this past year. Since last summer, when we were at the Believers' Convention, something I had an experience with him in one of the meetings, and I said afterwards, I will never be the same. And since then, I have done things differently. I have viewed him differently. I have treated him differently. I've always loved him, but I haven't always done it with emotion I've been faithful and I've checked it off my list but I haven't got the benefit of of being emotionally tied to it it's about more than following his ways it's about experiencing him because when you experience Jesus I mean you you experience his ways they're the same one and the same and I feel like that sometimes that we have gotten that way. Thank you. Don't worry. I wore my waterproof mascara today. <laughs> so we are set. <laughs> this, is, I, this is just real. This is where I am at. And I feel like that if the Lord is, is moving me, I mean, he wants to move all of us. No matter where we're at, we can always move. We can always grow. So... Thanks for sticking with me here. I feel like there's some of you that are really receiving some revelation from the Lord. Some answers to why why you feel stuck, answers why you feel frustrated, answers to why you haven't seen answers come. Because church, we have without knowing it, without maybe doing it on purpose, we've almost put God in a position where you heard of the term friends with benefits. Course, you haven't. We're in church. <laughs> Friends with benefits are two people who, de- who decide mutually that they're going to enjoy the benefits of sexual relations that belong within a marriage. And then that's it. Boundary. Friends with benefits. And it's like we've almost allowed God to, we believe His word, we believe His promises, and yes, these are for ours. I believe this, but it's like, whoa. That's about as far as we need to go. Don't be talking about me, about my business, about my problems, about things that I need to fix. Just whoa, but that give me this, give me the benefits. And it sounds kind of harsh, and it sounds like "Mm, I don't know. But yes, I have done that. I have been all about the benefits of the of the relationship without taking part in the covenant of the relationship the time and the attention and the realness of it. But this, this gets tiring. Working and being committed will burn you out if we don't connect to the one, to the person of the word. The person, Jesus. Okay, so on that, y'all remember that? Scooter trip I told you about that it was, like, way too long and way too cold uh, back in February that I went on. <laughs> uh, it was uh, quite, it was good. But anyways, I, this is something I, the Lord speaks to me on the back of a machine after hours of being on it, right? We might as well think about the Lord. And he, we were going down this one trail, and uh, it had, I'm not really sure. <laughs> At the time, I think just devotion. no. <laughs> But we're, so we were driving. Like, this is probably the most beautiful part of that day. And so I'm just blessed that the Lord spoke to me on it. But so we're driving on this trail, and the sun is shining. The February sun is shining. And the trees are lining this side, and they are, like, they're evergreens. And they're just green, and they're vibrant. And of course, they look vibrant. You know, everything else is white and dead. Here's these green trees. And then on this side, the same row of trees, like, same kind. And yet, they're just covered in snow, and they look dark and shadowed and gloomy. Like we're on the same trail, same kind of trees, same weather conditions, same sun. There's not more than one sun. It's the same sun. But yet one line of trees was just fully exposed to that sun. And the other side was turned away. No access to the sun. And I just felt the Lord was like, people like, are like that with me. People are like that with me. Some are just fully exposed before me and open. Their lives are an open book. I can talk to them about this. I can say, don't think that. I can say, you need to say this. Here's your answer for that. And they're just an open book before me. And I can work with them. I can help them. I can encourage them and strengthen them. But some people, are, are they're not, they don't expose themselves to me. They put up walls. They put up some, just some, whoa, not past that. And, I can't, and, my son, and my power has no effect on them. But no, we're not, we're not like trees. Like, trees can't decide where they plant and where they grow. But we can. We decide what our exposure to the son, the son of God, we decide our exposure level to him. Okay, I'll give you an example. If we're just going to be real, then I'll just be real. Hashtag be real. <laughs> but this is just current, just so you know that I am human. <laughs> this ha- like maybe this last week or maybe it was the last- end of the week before. Anyways, so I don't know. Sometimes the enemy is just ready to come You know, when we're a little bit tired. You know, just a little bit tired. We've worked a little bit more than normal. And he's ready to come and he whispers a little thought to you. And to me, it was just you're not appreciated. And then, so you get a thought like that, right? It comes. And just because you have a thought like that doesn't mean you have to say, yes, I am not appreciated. You don't have to take it, is what I mean. Not every thought you have to take. The enemy sends thoughts and God sends thoughts. So we need to, we need to know what's from the Lord and what's not. Well, I knew that that was not the Lord course, he would never say that. But there was something about it that feels kind of good. Yeah. yeah I, I really do a lot. I really like, just think about all the things I have done for all these people, for my children. And you know, it's just like, and you let one thought in a little bit, and then here comes the next one. Oh, and then he just, like, so then pretty soon I'm in a pity party. And I'm thinking, well, pfft. What is the point even? I need a vacation. Look at all these people on Instagram going on vacation with their painted toenails and their palm trees. And here I am, washing dishes, feeling sorry for myself. No one even cares. And I'm being honest. That These are the thoughts that were coming to me. And if they've come to me, they've probably tried to come to you. And I knew better. I knew that that was wrong. But that does not mean that I wasn't that I didn't have to fight, that I didn't have to stand. That is the fight of faith. When you have thoughts that come and you know they're wrong, then you stand and resist. Well, I can't say that I did that perfectly. I, you know, if you've seen Frozen, have anyone seen the movie Frozen? Well, Elsa, like her song is like, just the storm raging inside. Like, so I'm like, yes, that is what I feel. The storm is raging on the inside, and you just got to let it go. But... But we're not, we don't have to do that. But I would. Like, storm was raging inside me. And so I know better than, I knew better at the time, like, that it's not anybody's fault. It's not anybody around me's fault that I feel this way. Because that list that I read off at the beginning, that needs to come from God, not people, for me to be fulfilled. So I know, I know that. I know these thoughts are wrong. But what do I do? You know what I was like, what do I do? I feel I feel this. What do I do, Jesus? First of all, that's the first thing. You can come, come go to Jesus. Just go to him. Just go to him. Just know enough to go to Jesus. And then when you go to him, just do what he says. Let him speak to you. Let him minister to you. So I'm just going to tell you this hasn't happened to me before, but I'll give you this so uh, I knew enough. Okay, I'm just going to go, I'm going to get my Bible, and I'm going to read, just pick up where I've been reading recently. So, and this is, you'll laugh, but, so the part where I got to was, is right after the this, the sower and um, the parable of the sower, and then it talks, Jesus always taught using parables, so I read that, okay. And then it gets to, Jesus stills a storm. Kind of got my little antenna up, and I thought, okay. So I'm reading it, and it So Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they had sent the crowd away, and they shoved off from the shore. And suddenly, suddenly, I'm like, yes, that's how it comes. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. And I thought, that's what I feel like. I feel like it's thought after thought. And maybe for you, it's someone who says something. And and, it was, and you feel like it was disrespectful and that it was offensive. And all of a sudden, you get this hot temperature starting. You know, it starts back here and it starts crawling up your back. And it's in your neck. And you're like, ugh. <clears throat> well, that, maybe that's what it is for you. But for me, it was a pity party. And it was like a storm. And Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake. They came to Jesus, and they said, Teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to die? Don't you even care? Well, that was not the right thing to say, but at least they came to Jesus. At least they came to him. And I felt like I was immature, like they were at this point. But yet, God, in his great love for me, he said, Jesus said, Jesus was fully awake. He rebuked the storm, and he shouted at the sea, hush, calm down. And, and when I read that, it was just like, hush and calm downness came. And I was open to it. Now, this, I'm not saying that this is, what, this is your answer, because this was just my answer in this moment. And I don't do this all the time. But in this particular moment, in, the, in my immaturity, and I just came to this, I don't know what to do. He rose up from me. And he is seated at the right hand, and he spoke to me and to my storm, and he said, hush, calm down. He is praying for you. He's, he's for you. So there's no reason for us not to come to him. There's no reason for us not to come to him. He's got the answer. So I could have told those feelings myself. I've got the authority and the power with the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I could have spoke to my storm. But in that moment where I felt more weak, where I felt more immature, he stood in, he stood in the gap for me. Jesus is standing in the gap for us. He's standing in the gap for you. and the enemy wants to show you all your shortcomings. He wants to show you all your failures. Wants those to be highlighted in you know, lighted marquee, neon letters. But Jesus doesn't see that. He sees you. And all he sees and all he knows for you is love. So I told you that story for a reason, other than to embarrass myself. <laughs> no, I just there's no point in being embarrassed. That's just to be on beyond that, but I told you that for a reason. Because there's practical things that we do in our spiritual lives and in our relationship with the Lord that are very much similar to how we treat those special relationships with others. And if we take those same principles and apply them to the person of Jesus, how much better off will we be? How much better off will we be if our, if our relationship, is, if we're closer to Jesus? The closer to Jesus we are, I mean, the the more we see, the more we know, the less we fall for. So, growing our relationship with Jesus, He is a real person. So, here's some practical things you can just write these down. Think about Him. If you if you have someone you kind of like in your life, you think about them. I wonder what they're doing right now. Like a friend that's out of town, or like he was skidding yesterday. Without me, don't worry. I was like, I wonder where they're at right now. Hmm, they'd probably be. Oh, they'd probably be at this place for lunch. You know, thinking about him. I didn't even do that on purpose. It just. I have such a habit of him being in my thoughts that I was thinking about him. So think about God, and then you might be saying, "Well, what do I think about?" Well, just anything. I mean, this could spur your could spur your thought. You read about him in the Word, and you think, "Wow." I never thought about that, or I wonder, what, I wonder what he thinks about this situation, or like just thinking about him, being aware that he's around you and, and working, so think about him, look for him, that's another thing, talked about looking for someone in a crowd, well, um, in Psalm 19 it talks about just creation speaks of him, creation tells his story, I mean, it's countless times. That's one of my favorite ways to look for the Lord is in creation, in the, in the stars. Like, when we were, had our hayride, I mean, super cold, but the stars were amazing. And they were just shining bright. And to me, I'm like, I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at all this that was created through him. And, and I'm looking for him. So look for him. Think about him. Look for him. Talk to him. We, we express ourselves through our words. We have to, you have to talk. Talk out loud. Some people might think you're talking to yourself, but you're not. You're talking to him in here. So talk to him. You talk to the people you love. Talk to him. Listen to him. We don't need to just talk. We can listen. He's speaking to us. It might be through, when I read this, he spoke to me through the written word. It might be something that I, you know, when I shared at the beginning of the service, when I was writing, he spoke something to me there. He speaks speaks to us all the time. So just listen. Just listen for him. And then respond to him. You know, respond to his love for you. Let's go to James 4. Mandy and Vern, you guys can start some music there. James 4. I was just going to read one verse, but then yesterday I started reading back at the beginning of chapter 4, and I believe it just shows us the emotion of God's love for us in really strong language. So I want want you to listen to this. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? That's what I did. That's what I was doing. You jealously jealously want what others have so you begin to see yourself as better than they are, more deserving than they are. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave, and that's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time, you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it, for you're asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, An unholy relationship with the world. See that strong language? That's a language of emotion. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Well, God has made us friends. Let's go to that friendship, let's build that friendship. Does the scripture mean nothing to you when it says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? He's not okay with being at arm's length. He's not okay with that. That's not good enough for him. It's not not what he craves, and it's not what we crave but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. And this is the verse I was trying to get to. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and he will run from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come closer to you. Closer and closer. Jesus. Oh, we crave closeness with you, Jesus. We desire it with our hearts. And maybe you have felt that you have been missing something. Maybe you have felt that that your fire that's burning has gone low, it's gotten dim, and you're doing all the same things you've already done, you've always done. But this is what you need. You need to draw closer in your heart. Using your words to speak to him and express yourself to him. Treating him like you would a real person. Worship team, can you come on up? They did a song this morning that I feel so touched the heart of God, and I want us to just respond to Him, responding in our relationship with Him, and I want you to sing in a way and in a freedom that maybe you've never allowed yourself to go into before. But we can all grow deeper we can all have more of God. And you can fade that music out and these guys will get ready. Why don't you all stand? Just begin to picture Jesus in your, in your imagination, in your heart right now. Picture him. Picture his face. The presence of God. There's no, there's no Hebrew word for presence. It's just face. Picture Jesus face to face with you. Picture his eyes full of life and light and love, and they're focused on you. Picture him now and express to him with this song just a response to his great love, response to his relationship. We move closer, Jesus. We're moving closer to you go ahead guys Thank you, Jesus Thank you, Jesus you stood before teaching us what friendship really looks like with him. Let him speak to you. Think thoughts about him that you've never thought before. Be open to the emotion that comes from beholding love himself. And don't shy away and don't back down. and Don't be ashamed or afraid. Because our devotion, though it pleases God, cannot be without our emotion and our, and our friendship with him. Jesus, teach us how to be balanced. As these people go home to their regular lives, teach us how to recognize thoughts. Teach us how to speak to you, how to spend time with you, so that it's more than a checklist. We we choose to experience you. We choose to expose ourselves to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him now. Thank you, Jesus. You are my Jesus. You are my friend. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray over my friends and the family that's here today. I pray that there will be a freedom in the Spirit in their relationship with you. They will be more free than they have ever been before. I break the chains that have tried to keep them from knowing you and from experiencing you intimately. We break the chains of shame and guilt. We break the chains of bondage and work We break the chains of fear. We break the chains of not caring. I break the chains that keep us from knowing you. Like you have made us to know you. Jesus, may we see ourselves how you see us. Show us what we look like to you. Show us our value. Reveal to us who you are to us. And who we are in you. I believe that, church. Jesus is revealing to him himself, to me, to you, to us as a body. He's revealing himself to us. The message, the blueprint, the full expression of God's heart for us is being revealed to us through Jesus. Keep him in your mind. Keep him in your heart. Keep him in your thoughts. Keep him on your lips. This is how it's done. That is the commitment we're making. But not without loving him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to dismiss you all today with that.